Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Oh, I get snaps. Can, I, I do, this isn't look, even a good snap. Can no, it's me? not. It's I can hear. Now a clap. Thank you. Thank you. That's very nice. Do you know we Brad never clap? Brad always gets the claps. It's, it's to make me feel better, I know. Lauren, we have some guests with us today. Did you know that? We do. They're right in front of us. Why don't you introduce them? Yeah, definitely. So we are here with Chris Alexander and Trina Burleson, both of Lexicon. Welcome, guys. Thank you. So Thank nice you to for have having you. us. Yeah. And they're in the studio, which I love. Yes. Our brand new studio. Brand new studio and mm-hmm. having us back, at least for you, Chris. You've been here before. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you guys both tell us a little bit more about what you guys do at Lexicon and what your role is? So I'll start. Okay. I'm the director of procurement and asset planning for Lexicon and all of our clients. You can think of it as I'm responsible for all of the different ways that that group of people spends money. Uh, so that can include anything from uh, tangible goods like office supplies to travel and events that we'll be talking about more specifically later, real estate, uh, capital construction projects, uh, standard agreements for software over protracted periods of time, uh, and any contracting needs that we have as an organization. Well, pretty much anything. <laughs> I kind of wonder if he's as good with spending money as I am. I don't know. You're pretty I'm good. I'm pretty good. You're pretty, I'm pretty good. good at spending. But I bet you he saves more than you do. Ouch. Yeah, I Ooh, bet that's true. That hurts. It's part of kind of his That was role. deep. Trina, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the travel and events coordinator at Lexicon. So anything to do with travel related to Lexicon or any of our clients, as well as event planning, event sourcing, um, really anything from small scaled events all the way to huge, huge social or corporate type events um, falls under me. Awesome. Which I am really excited about because events are coming back. I know. I'm we, so excited are, for yeah. that. Personally, as a company, we are starting to plan some in-person events for the coming months over the spring and summer. Uh, trade shows are coming back. We have our new event space here at our new office location. So we're planning some big stuff there. So we're going to be working very closely together yes. soon. Very it's exciting. It's going to be so nice. But, I, you know, today we're talking about COVID one year later. Mm-hmm. Man, I bet that hit your area just... So difficult to have any type of events. So many things were canceled. How did mm-hmm. you cope with that? Yeah, it was tough. Um, I always say that in the events and hospitality and travel industry, it hit us fast and hard. Um, I can remember a year ago thinking, you know, they gave us days, days notice of everything just closing and being canceled, oh, wow. postponed with really no idea of when it was going to happen again. And so it was really sad. And But you had to keep moving forward. You had to keep moving toward a future that you weren't really sure what it looked like, um, but trying to be there as much as possible for your clients and helping them cope with something that they probably planned for a year or maybe years and, and helping them figure out what their future looked yeah, like. Because it just canceled. They need to mm-hmm. do something else. Should they do something else? Correct. Boy, that's that was a difficult time. I'm so glad things are coming back now, though. Oh, what are you it. most looking forward to? I am looking forward to having events indoors. <laughs> Indoor, yes. yes. Temperature control. Yes. Unmasked. Uh, yes, yeah. with no masks, <laughs> no temperature taking at the doors, um, and just having a certainty that we're hosting something that's completely safe for everybody mm-hmm. and 
and just making sure, not having that worryment that, yeah. you know, something could happen. Also safe, but that sense of normalcy. Correct. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, Chris, you talked about, you know, your background with uh, facilities. You talked about, you know, purchasing real estate, buildings. You talked about procurement. How did it hit you? The immediate hit was really uh, an extreme scarcity for sanitary supplies. Uh, you know, you're mm-hmm. competing with every type of business in America and even for that matter overseas. Overseas in the yeah. entire world. Yeah. Everyone, Literally everybody was making hand sanitizer. Right. <laughs> Everyone's looking for hand sanitizer, uh, you know, for a, a period of time there. Clorox wipes, Lysol, mm-hmm. anything. Toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Toilet yeah, paper. Don't, yeah, forget don't about that. <laughs> Those hoarders of the toilet paper. But, you know, my, my small team on the procurement side sourced from thousands of suppliers, made made close to 6,000 calls over a period of several months just trying to locate oh, wow. supplies. Wow. Um, recruiting people in different cities to go to different stores to try to find whatever they could just to make sure that we had client offices mm-hmm. and the, the clients of our clients properly cared for whenever they did in-person transactions. Yeah. It was uh, pretty pretty challenging. I remember when this first happened and, and we were in the office still before everything closed down and there was just, there was no hand sanitizer anywhere in the city of St. Louis. And then I didn't have any at home and I would come to work and there was always some there. I was like, this is freaking awesome. We There's no hand sanitizer anywhere and we literally have the gold mine here. Like your team found <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how you did it, but it speaks to, you know, knowing the industry and understanding the resources, the connections, what's out there and just having, like you said, made 6,000 calls. That's crazy. I mean, just pounding the pavement, yeah. but you made it happen. Just right. think of an attorney, a single firm attorney or a single attorney firm, I should say, you know, they're not going to have the time to no. call 6,000 no. places and get <laughs> hand, sanitizer hand sanitizer during COVID, right? Not even knowing where to start. The biggest part of procurement and supply chain management is the networking required, uh, having that networked infrastructure of people, you know, it could be as simple as LinkedIn, it could be more complex of people you grew up with. Yeah. And having an idea of, okay, well, this person I grew up with, they have a friend who works for, insert brand here, uh, <laughs> and and I can go talk to them and see if I can get a, a barrel of hand sanitizer. I'll rebottle it myself and, yeah. or pay someone else to rebottle it and distribute it in my own channel without their branding. Uh, you know, you have to get very creative and re- and lean on your network of, of contacts to be able to uh, provide pretty effective solutions in, yeah. a, in a dire situation like that. Yeah. And not that this is the point of today's show, but networking, 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 mm-hmm. networking, excuse me. <laughs> it comes up over and over. Like you need to build those relationships because you never know when you're going to need them. Right. It's in all walks of business, oh, all is. line. Yeah. Even when you're looking for a new role, a new job. I mean, everywhere. It's networking, yeah. network. Like I it's messaged like you location, on your way location, here. location, location. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I messaged Brad on the way over here to ask him to bring me a snack because mm-hmm. I knew I had that relationship with him and he right. was coming Due over. To and he brought me a snack. Exactly. 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 It's wondrous how that yeah. works. Yeah. Just but, wondrous. But back to today's topic. Um, <laughs> so what now? Like, I think we all know how crazy last year was. We know that events were canceled, in-person happy hours, networking. Um, You know, from the legal industry, we were forced into a virtual world. You know, whether it's meetings, trade shows, uh, procurement, facilities, we were just 
searching everywhere for hand sanitizer and cleaning solutions. How do we make sure the buildings we're in are completely clean? You know, there's things that you guys were doing with the air filters. There was just so much you had to take in consideration and so much that you guys were able to make happen in a short amount of time. But now what? It's like things are going back to normal, and that's not all going to waste. You know, we talk a lot about there being this hybrid approach to life in general moving forward. But what are things looking for, looking like for you guys now? Well, we're seeing pretty widespread contraction of the commercial real estate market. Mm-hmm. Just for reasons you mentioned there, there's a hybrid approach going forward and and. Lexicon is involved in that as well. Mm -hmm. Companies looking to, now that they recognize the capabilities of virtual work, remote work, they're pulling back their, their footprint commercially. Their physical footprint is pulling back to reduce overhead and getting more creative with how they use the space that they currently have or moving from a very large space, you know, downsizing by 20 or 30 percent their, their square footage and, passing that on as savings to the uh, increased salaries, uh, better bonuses, or not laying people off, uh, you know, to try to save jobs in certain cases. So Uh, in in your opinion, uh, what percentage of the brick and mortar do you think go away? Is it going to be, no, you know what, we're still going to have those buildings, but like you said, just a reduction in size and new spaces? Do you see it changing in any way? What are your thoughts on that for firms out there? I think that in a lot of cases, if it'll follow the trends of retail. Retail's the most common in-person transaction, even still with the the rise of Amazon, uh, is still the most common in-person transaction there is, uh, it, at least from a, a total transactions per day standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think that retail in a lot of ways will lead that path or, or blaze that trail for all other types of businesses. Um, with that said, I don't see more than a 15 or 20 percent reduction in brick and mortar like entities, mm-hmm. but the the space with which they occupy is going we'll to drastically shrink. So yeah. really a reshuffling. Correct. I can definitely see that. What about from a, you know, just a, a planning perspective? Are there going to be still virtual events out there? Do you think it's all going to go back to in person? What are your thoughts on that? I think people are really excited to be back in person. I think there will always be a virtual aspect to events, um, say, for people that can't attend or can't travel to that location. There will always be a virtual option. But I think people are really excited to get back together in person, like we said earlier, networking, mingling. Um, I, I do see the future of events coming back to being in person. Were you going to say something, Brad? I was. I saw it in you your saw eyes. It. Oh, because we're in the studio it. together. Yeah. We're yeah. so intertwined like we that are. right now. We're so eyes what are, are at the same level. What are some of the things that you would definitely bring to those in-person events that you learned from virtual events? Is there anything like that out there? As far as virtual events, um, I'm not really sure about that, but planning events on capacity limits and planning events that are safe and, quote, COVID-friendly events, definitely. I don't think that a lot of that's going to go away as Mm -hmm. far as traffic patterns, being flexible on your feet. Um, There were plenty of times where we were planning an event and... A week later, it was a totally different event. It looked totally different because the guidelines (laughs) changed or the mandates changed. Um, We could be planning an event in one county and the county over, it looked totally different because their Mm -hmm. mandates are so different. 
Um, so just keeping those ideas in mind for the future, um, I don't think that's going to go away, even as far as food serving. I think a lot of the things that changed, um, buffet, like plexiglass on buffets mm-hmm. and things like that, that makes people feel safe even in a non-pandemic yeah. world. Yes, definitely. So I'm I don't... of like Ponderosa yes. and the food sitting out all day. I feel like it's just better all along. They'll, yes. They'll serve you. You'll have your plexiglass. <laughs> Nothing can fall in the food. Correct. Yes. I see those things sticking around for a long time. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you go to Ponderosa, it's going to be much safer, Brad. I, I'm, I'm counting on it. So let me ask you guys a question because you guys on a day to day, you are talking with our clients. You're talking with law firms, attorneys themselves on the regular. What are actually some of the conversations that you've been having with them as of late now that things are starting to change? Like, are there specific questions that are coming up time and time again? Are there specific needs, concerns? What are you actually hearing from the, the ground floor? I think the number one question that I get at my level is what are the regulations for where we want to have this event. And Mm -hmm. not only can you tell me, can you give me recommendations based on what those restrictions might be? And that's different, as Trina mentioned, down to the county level. Uh, We at Lexicon now are very well-versed in how to source that information from the different jurisdictions across the country. Uh, We have, for anywhere we have researched, we have that cataloged. And I'll say on a reasonable frequency, we'll go back and pull that information to make sure that it's up to date. Yeah. Uh, that So we are able to speed up the process of answering that question uh, in a number of major metropolitan areas. But really, the the crux of this whole conversation is what can I do? What what mm-hmm. can I legally do without getting in trouble? Yeah. Well, and you guys have actually built out an emergency response team as well, too, for hopefully there never is a situation like this moving forward. But I think if we learned anything, it's that we need to be prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. It doesn't quite, uh, you know, for some of our major events, the ERT at Lexicon has provided a lot of recommendations and guidelines around what we should be doing. Even if you can do something in a certain jurisdiction, a legal jurisdiction, that may not be the best yeah. approach. Just because you can, maybe. Correct. Yeah. You okay. shouldn't. And so, Thank you for finishing that. Yeah, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I got right? it. So, so really providing some best practices or understanding what that restriction might be and how it compares to a different jurisdiction, being able to then say, well, this is how we've address this type of issue in the past and here's how we'd recommend going forward. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been that team of people has been very helpful carrying forward some of our major events that we've executed over the last three months. I don't, I don't want to make light of it. It's a very serious subject. I mean, somebody could get sick. There could mm-hmm. be lawsuits. There could be lots of different things that you're held liable for. So it's important that you work with experts that know exactly what you have to level, you have to maintain to make sure a safe environment for everybody. It's so important. Yeah, 100%. And most importantly, speaking to the liability piece, understanding what the employer's provided benefits package covers, what it doesn't. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're overseas and what 
if you're in the UK, for example, your benefits package may not cover you if you come to the US Mm -hmm. uh, for an event like that. So we can assist with supplemental packages uh, of of insurance, not only for individuals within a company, but for the company itself as well to protect them from any of that liability. Yeah, that's good to know. I had no idea. But like you were saying, Brad, too, even just on the human standpoint, like Mm -hmm. the thought of even being responsible for one person getting ill, you know, it's just, it's not worth the risk. It isn't. There's a layer of empathy too as far as events go you have attendees coming from different locations like Chris just said maybe a different country you Mm -hmm. don't know how they feel about it different levels of comfort yeah correct yeah so some people may not even feel comfortable coming and you have to be okay with that and then you have people that are okay with coming but want to know exactly what you're doing to -hmm. make sure that this event is safe and then you have the other spectrum where they're like I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. So, it's, so you have to plan for all of those different yes. types of people. Yes, it's mm-hmm. definitely a new challenge. Um, it's been interesting learning a lot uh-huh. of these kind of different elements. But yeah, it's it's a lot to take in sometimes. Yeah, and you work very closely with our marketing team too mm-hmm. um, because like you said, you're communicating all these different messages to a broad group of people that are potentially attending these events. You need to line out everything that they need to know in your marketing materials. It's mm-hmm. not just your regular invite anymore or your, your response card. It's Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what you need to do as an attendee. This is this is the logistics. These are things that we need to uh, go through when you get here. Things like that. Yeah. So it's not just your, your typical marketing either. We've had to adapt there as well. Mm-hmm. It's anticipating needs before attendees even know they need it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. that's great advice. <laughs> that's, yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about advice. So let's say I'm in a uh, five attorney firm. I'm dying to throw a party because I've been cooped up all day. Some of my uh, staff have had the vaccine. Some haven't. What advice do you give me? What should I worry about? What should I just go, you know, and throw the party? Should I stop and think? Like, what advice would you give? And kind of both of you answer, you know, in in whatever order you want. Sure. I say that if we're gung-ho on moving forward with an event, like I said earlier, we have to take into consideration everybody's feelings. So the big big trend right now is outdoor events. And that tends to make people feel a lot more comfortable. So I would say let's look at a location or an environment where everyone can feel safe and then bringing in that virtual aspect where someone wants to take part in it, but they don't want to be physically there because we want to make sure everyone feels included. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if we're going to spend money on this event, we want to make sure that everyone does feel included and that it's worth the money. Um, So maybe adding a virtual aspect to it. And that doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, That can be as as simple as setting up a Zoom link so that someone can tune in. Um, But just maybe thinking out really what what are we going to do for this event to make sure it's worth it and that we're going to get kind of that full aspect of everyone attending. Well, and there's also the opportunity to take some of the party to them, as we've done recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been kind of to-go boxes that we've okay. pa- we've partnered with some local St. Louis, uh, you know, for a St. Louis firm. We partnered with some St. Louis vendors to put together a lot of very St. Louis-y type of feel, box it up, send it to that virtual attendee so that they can take part in some of the festivities Feel as part, well. still That's get fun. the gifts, yeah. the fun aspect uh-huh. you know, of it. En- yeah. Encourage, hey, everybody else is going to be dressing up. It would be great if you dressed up too. We'll get you on, on camera, yeah. show you, you know, not 
exactly the same, but you know, still it's, fun it's still and a engaging. Fun way, yeah. Yes, a fun way to get involved with your yeah. with your colleagues. Yeah, and Trina, I'm glad you brought up Zoom too because it made me think of some previous sessions that we've had. And I think Zoom or, or Teams, whatever these virtual meeting platforms are, they're still going to be pretty standard moving mm-hmm. forward because we are going to have that hybrid approach too. But those do they're pretty easy to use, but they do take a little bit of research too. So if if you're having a huge event, you may have to look into maybe different tiers of Zoom mm-hmm. because you know the lowest free tier may mm-hmm. only allow for a certain number of attendees or a certain sure. number of attendees to be on video. So there are things like that that you need to take into consideration as well. Mm-hmm. And there's education that comes with it too. Um, like you said, they're very user-friendly, but that doesn't mean that there isn't maybe a little bit of training that goes into it yeah. um, that we can definitely provide. Yeah, good lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's easy <laughs> to get involved. Background, you yeah. know, surface level, it's easy to get involved with the virtual links, but to operate them at a, I'll say, a professional, professional. level, yeah. it is a, truly a discipline and requires a lot of expertise that I think maybe was undervalued prior to the pandemic Mm -hmm. and has really come to the forefront. People are seeing the need. Exactly. You're you're seeing the difference. Oh, well, uh, my event ended after 40 minutes because... I didn't want to pay for the premium version. Yeah, <laughs> Oops. Not but a, all the juicy stuff was after forty minutes. Right, not, and the not winner a is, or, and the winner I is. No cut. <laughs> I'm actually I'm excited about the trade the trade shows that we're planning. So, like I said, we're doing some events in the spring and summer, and some of the the legal industry organizations are actually doing in person trade shows later this year. So I'm I'm looking for some giveaways for our booth, and I found some really cool ring lights that actually attach to your phone. So when you're doing mm-hmm. the these virtual meetings or whatnot, you can have a ring light attached to your phone and have really good professional lighting. So that's my little plug to stop by our trade oh, show. Wow. Booth. <laughs> that was, we have awesome giveaways. She's actually reading but from it's, a it's, piece of paper no. right now. She's That's how prepared she my was teleprompter, for that. Yeah, your no, teleprompter. <laughs> no, but it is. And it, it helps with that professional look too. You can uh, clip them to your monitor as well. But that's something that you can do just to give a, a better experience as well. One thing that I was recently reading, and I want your your thoughts on it, Trina, mm-hmm. is uh, these wristbands that people have at events. Oh yeah, and some like if it's red, don't yeah. don't come. You know, leave me the heck alone. Yeah, stay yeah. six feet away from me. If it's you know yellow, you can talk to me, but wear a mask. If mm-hmm. it's green, you can hug me. Yeah, you know d- whatever the meaning is. What are your thoughts on that? Do you like that idea? Is that a bad idea? Will that bring people together? Push people apart? I think it's only going to provide what we were talking about earlier that empathy toward everyone else. Um, Just looking at us for here, like we wouldn't know just by looking what everyone feels like. But if we were all wearing a wristband here and if I had, you know, a yellow one on, you guys would at least know, okay, I can approach her, but maybe, you know, keep my distance a little Mm -hmm. bit, not hug her, that kind of thing. So I think it's only going to make those social settings more comfortable because the people that are wearing those red wristbands or whatever the coding is that that group decides on, mm-hmm. it gives you a clear picture on and who who's really open to mingling. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the social groups are using that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in the future, if we can get something like that, it's only going to make events more comfortable for so people. So you're for it. Definitely. I'm definitely for I it. Mean, it. It I really like, yeah. encourages in-person engagement regardless of 
where you mm-hmm. are on the spectrum of comfort mm-hmm. right. or or vaccination, as we mentioned earlier. And and two, you don't know. It it could be I'm comfortable with much you know a closer mm-hmm. type of interaction, but I don't I haven't received my vaccine yet, and I don't want to take it home, right? Or something. Yeah. So I need red just because I have an at risk family member at home. Yeah. So it yeah, it yeah, could yeah. mean yeah. anything, and I'm I'm sure there are more PC ways to. Mm-hmm. Uh, classify the different bands but yeah, i've seen yeah, that quite a, a bit recently maybe let's just introduce that into normal life like hey right. guys i have a red band on today please don't speak to me <laughs> <laughs> I'm not can we wear them to work i think i might change my band every day oh, yeah. and then like bring them and put them in my desk just think oh my gosh this day yep. i need a red 8 a.m every day wear green by 9 a.m <laughs> yeah. just put the red on it reminds me of the little uh, octopus stuffy on tiktok yes. where people flip it over if they're in a bad oh, mood. Yeah. <laughs> we should get those we can put our logo on <laughs> hey. Can you guys procure that? Yes, we can. <laughs> okay, good. That. Great, great, great. <laughs> All right. So I think we're getting towards the end of this episode here, but what else? Like, what else are we missing? What else do we need to take in consideration in, as we move into the months coming forward? Protracted deliveries are are still an issue. I mean, if you've tried to buy an appliance in oh, the I last six months, furniture, yes. yeah. yeah, anything coming from overseas, and then for that matter, a uh, large container vessel blocking the Suez yes, Canal. Yes, it, does, it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that that costs a tremendous amount of time to <laughs> the global supply chain mm-hmm. uh, for just about every company. Yeah, that is so crazy. I've been waiting uh, eight months for a TV stand. Stop. <laughs> no, seriously, eight months. It's it's just been crazy. Uh, you need to tell me afterwards where you ordered this from. Now okay. I'm curious. You don't have to, you know, bash them on sure. public radio here. <laughs> but eight months is a long time. That, I wouldn't even think it. it that's, yeah. We and, won't go there. I and, mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head with yeah. that. There are a lot of people who waited three, four, five months for a cooktop, for refrigerator, kitchen renovation, yeah. you know, things like that. Uh, that is going to be a continuing issue probably throughout the rest of 2021, and it's very important as as companies look to purchase on any level mm-hmm. that they're considering the right protections from a contractual standpoint to protect their organization from delays in delivery. Right. And, and asking those questions up front and requiring within their contracts – certain protections so that they get what they need in a timely manner or they have the proper remedy to get out of that contract and get their money back. Hmm. Not to uh, bring the toilet paper topic up again, (laughs) but I did just read on CNN that they're predicting another toilet paper due to the ship Mm -hmm. that was stuck in the canal. Yeah. The ship. I thought it was going to be like a play on words, but you said ship. No, I said ship. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was another dad joke. No, no, no. I wouldn't go that far. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I believe it or not. It well, was, I'm going to buy was on... some tonight just to be safe. Here, I, I've just started <laughs> the, hoard it I just started it today. Now everybody's going to go hoard toilet paper with okay. our... Brad well, that... has stock in Charmin. <laughs> yeah. That blockage was estimated to cost... The blockage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was estimated to cost $400 million a day to the oh world economy for, That's crazy. for the delays that occurred. One ship. All right, Trina, what about you? Um, I think that even, like Chris was saying, contractual standpoint moving forward, making sure that there are certain lines of protection in contracts for events, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anyone in the events world is familiar with terms like attrition, food and beverage minimums, but making sure that they're low enough or a reasonable percentage that is going to be able to be reached should something like this happen again and making sure that that verbiage is in there that protects the company. Um, you know, if another pandemic were to hit, 
um, which we all hope it doesn't. Um, and, and we're getting there. We're, things are lightening up. In-person events are starting to happen again. We're excited about it, but just being cautious about the future, making sure we're still taking those steps to make people feel safe, make them safe in person, and um, just hope for for a time when we're not dealing with all this anymore. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It it is very interesting looking back over the year. I mean, we really went through a lot as a as a country, as a people, you know, it was worldwide. It's just yeah. so interesting the impact that it had and how quickly people pulled together. Well, I know it was a year, but vaccines started coming. I mean, it's just really amazing. Yeah. Where you we know, were a year ago versus today. Like it just seems crazy. It was so it fast does. but so slow. Yeah. Right. Same time. That, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It, was. it was. That was very poetic of Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was deep. Yeah. <laughs> Do I get snaps for that? <laughs> Thanks, guys. No problem. <laughs> I knew there would be somebody else that wanted that. I'm so excited. All right, Chris and Trina, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. For having us. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor, and we'll talk to you next time. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.